give suggestions and ideas until the client realizes that we have the best interest at heart. Like their success is our success because as they grow, they're going to want us to test other channels or take on more responsibility, or they just have money to you know invest a new product or hire someone. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I am your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm bringing to the show Dwayne Brown. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chase. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Cool. So Dwayne has one of the coolest agency names in the world. Take some risk. I love that so much. I just wanted to get that out there up front. Thank you. I mean, everyone either loves it or hates it. I mean, I've never had someone tell me they hate it, but I assume that's because they don't want to offend me. Um, So, so far, it's all been positive. Awesome. So Dwayne is the founder and head of strategy over at Take Some Risk. And before that, he had an awesome, uh, awesome few years. So let's talk about what led up to starting this company. What were you doing? Yeah, before this, I worked and lived in Vancouver, Canada on the West Coast. I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. And right now, I'm based in Montreal, Canada. Um, so I was working for a tech company out there. And I just was unhappy and realized I could, you know, make the company another two, three million dollars a year, but you know, my pay won't really increase. I won't really be super satisfied. So I quit my job and started the agency. But even before all of that, um, as friends say, I've been around the world and back. So I've lived in one in England for a couple of years. I lived in Australia for seven months, working for a big telecom down there, um, living between Sydney and Melbourne. Um, and we were just kind of traveling the world. I've been to 40 countries, six continents. I've seen most places people want to see in Southeast and North Asia, with the exception of probably like India and China. Um, and I just love to travel. I'm always trying to figure out um, what my next country is going to be. This is going to sound really first world problem, but I didn't go to a new country this year or last year. Um, and so I'm itching to figure out how do I get to a new country next year that I've not been to um, and take you know a proper vacation. Because when you have your own company, you tend to work more hours than you normally would think you would. Oh, absolutely. I'm finding myself burning the midnight oil all the time and I need to stop sometimes. Yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean, this weekend I worked all weekend, but you know, having lots of e-commerce clients, you know, Black Friday's next week. We need to make sure everything is just perfect so they can each have an amazing, amazing Black Friday and an amazing November. Absolutely. I mean, it, we were talking about this a little bit in the pre-show and from an agency perspective or just a consultant in general, uh, November is the most you'll work all year for most agencies that are helping people in like the e-commerce space. So we're recording this right now. He's right. So next Thursday is Thanksgiving. Next Friday is is uh, Black Friday, and I'm sure that after this call, me and him have a million other things to do. But uh, thanks for making time in such a, a trying time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to still do you know whether it's on podcast or have a drink with a friend. Like I'm going out with a friend for pizza tonight. So even though we work tons, I still make time to see friends and do everything because you need you do need those forced breaks. Otherwise, you end up, you end up just working all the time. Yeah, that's no good. You'll get you'll get burnout super fast. I just came back from a wedding. Uh, my cousin got married. It was a fantastic little trip this weekend. But I'm ready to put my head down and, and knock out all these campaigns for our clients. 
I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we have a lot of campaigns built, but we still need to put stuff for like the Black Friday messaging, and we have a client in San Francisco, and and they want to get into the account a little bit, which makes things a little bit touchy because it's like you you want something they don't like it after two days, they just turn it off. So you've got to like have a conversation today about like what are we going to do this week and next week, and can we not just turn off things even if you don't like the results after two days? Because two days really doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna go nerdy with the the Facebook stuff, it's so much different these days than it was even this time last year. Like things need to kind of marinate a bit longer to really get some results. Um, and it's honestly, you just gotta test it and you gotta trust the algorithm. Uh, you know, as smart as any of us consultants are, Facebook's algorithm is ten times smarter. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've got you know, being based in Canada, we always have a couple Canadian clients, and you know, this this past weekend from Friday really till yesterday. You know, we had 27 sales for a client between Facebook and Google. Uh, and before that, I think we we're sitting at maybe like four or five, you know, in total. So it was an amazing weekend. But, you know, other people probably would have turned off campaigns. And I'm like, we're just, we're going to hang in there. We're going to hang tight and just see how the week goes because, you know, the targeting is the best target we've ever picked. You know, the creative is really good. The copy is really good. You know, we spent the last six months just testing everything in Facebook from, you know, our messaging to our audience to the different placements, you know, Facebook versus Instagram as a placement. Um, and even just testing, the fact that the client's got like a sales page, you know, if we have the sales page and traffic we send to the sales page, what is the best traffic for the sales page? Um, and so I'm glad I let it just sit. I'm glad I just told the client to hang tight. It's going to be a great month because it was an amazing weekend. It was like shooting three pointers all day long. Awesome. So that leads up to my first question here. How do you decide what businesses that you think that you guys can help? You know, what are those indicating factors of like, I think, you know, I think you guys would be a good candidate to let's start putting some paid money into Facebook and Google. So what are you looking for? Yeah, I mean, I was talking with a client or a potential client at least on on the West Coast in Washington. It's it's a bike shop that does like um, you know, bikes, mountain bikes and and bikes you take out to the country back out to the back country. And, you know, one of our rules is we don't want clients that are assholes, basically. That's kind of like rule number one. We don't want clients that are going to email us, you know, at 3 a.m. because they had an idea and they want to execute it the next day. You know, we we want clients who understand that, you know, A, we don't work 24-7. Even if I worked all weekend, that's because I want to catch up on, on client stuff or I want to get ahead on certain client stuff. But, you know, just dumping more stuff on our plate because you had an epiphany on the weekend um, is not a healthy relationship because it's not like we work for you, we work with you. And I think that's really important for clients to understand. Um, you know, outside of that, you know, can you pay the bill? You know, as funny as it sounds, you know, if we had one client not pay one bill last year, you know, I know friends who have three, four, five outside of bills from last year, and they're probably not going to get paid. And so making sure there's a solid foundation in the business that we can get paid is is really important because we are a business as well. We've got to make a profit if we're going to stay in business. Uh, and the last one, which is what most people probably think about first, is you know, you know, can we scale it? Can we help you out? You know, is there room to make this business bigger? Sometimes we'll tell a client, you know, your current agency is actually doing a pretty good job. You know, here's a couple of things we might do differently based on our own experiences, but it's a great account and there's not much value we can add unless you know you're going to launch a new division or you know maybe you want to test out a new channel. Sometimes clients come to us and they're on Google, but they're not doing Microsoft. And so if you're in America or the UK and you're targeting those countries, it makes sense to sometimes test out Microsoft because it's a great channel. Usually, you know, the return on ad spend or how much money you get back for every dollar you invest is a lot higher on Microsoft. And so not testing that out is is a great opportunity. 
you know, for some of our clients that have nicer products, Pinterest has been a great channel. We have two clients that are doing a great job on Pinterest right now because their products lend themselves to the platform from a visual perspective, like they're really beautiful to look at. Um, so it's really figuring out, can we help you and add value in some way? Um, you know, a client we took on in April, you know, their agency was using what Google calls smart goals. And smart goals are basically Google's way of trying to f- say that a goal happened on your website, but a goal might not be a sale. It might be someone watched a video or they just clicked on a button or they went from one page to another page. So they're not always transactional goals, which is really important for what we do. Um, so sometimes, you know, helping a client is just helping get their analytics in, in order and make sure we're measuring the right things that are going to help grow the business overall. Um, but those are three things we kind of look for. It's like, we don't want any assholes. We want to make sure you can pay the bills. And then can we help you in some way actually make this a better business, whether it's, you know, grow a new channel, fix what we think is broken or just help you have better analytics so you can actually track things in a better manner. Oh yeah, those are those are all things I agree with. Uh, and I you know what? I think that's the cool thing about this show is we can just be honest and you kind of ripped it right off the start. You're like, "Look, man, you got to be I I want to work with people I like working with." You know what I mean? Then cuz I'm excited about those emails, I'm excited about those phone calls, I'm excited about the opportunity to try something new with a client. You know, so just having a good relationship and having trust is going to be a ten times better relationship for any sort of, you know, contractor or or consultant with a with a client than kind of like. I think that there's a, a mindset shift where sometimes people need to understand like it is a partnership. You're coming to me as the expert, but you're ignoring me. Like that's a weird dynamic. Yeah, it, it totally is. And and the client in San Francisco I was talking about, they're not so much ignoring us. They're just like, unless we say things the way they would have done it, they. They basically ignore that advice, but everything else is like, yeah, that sounds great. That's how we would have done it. Okay, let's do that. Um, and it's a new relationship, so it's just one we're gonna have to chip away at it and you know hold steady to our point of view um, and just keep on trying to give suggestions and ideas until the client realizes that we have their best interests at heart. Like their success is our success because as they grow, they're gonna want us to test other channels or take on more responsibility, or they just have money to you know invest a new product or hire someone. So we're not suggesting ideas that just spend money, we're suggesting ideas that we think will actually work based on you know working on ASOS or Jack Wills in the UK or working on you know big fra- fashion brands here in um, here in America. Yeah, I think I just want to clarify though, we're not ragging on every client. We're just saying sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the grease and it's always the one that's it's in the back of your head. Um, 99% of the time, like we are having amazing times working with our clients, helping them reach their goals, and it's it's perfectly fine. Uh, but when you get two agency owners together, they immediately go to the discussion of terrible clients. So I apologize to all of our listeners. Yeah, totally. Sorry, Chase. Yeah, I, I don't mean to rag on clients whatsoever. You know, I think we, every agency will always have that one client that's a little prickly, and that's just I think the nature of the business. It's you know no different than friends that are lawyers or engineers and they consult. You always have that one challenging client, and it could be you know for lots of different reasons. But you know, all the rest of our clients, even in that client, we love the client. We just want to have a better relationship with them. Absolutely, and you know what? Honestly, at at the end of the day, it's usually not their fault. It's just no one has told them. You know, hey, th- there's a better way to do this, and you know, it's sometimes like you you can definitely make bad clients into good clients. Like we've done it once before, so I mean, I'm, I believe we can do it again. You know, and it's just having a conversation and having proper onboarding and setting expectations with the relationship. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, every 
every client has come from, it's kind of like dating, right? When you, when you date someone new, uh, they bring their baggage from the past relationships and it's no different with a client. They bring the baggage from, you know, the last agency or consultant or freelancer, um, whether that's positive or negative. And sometimes you just got to say, you know, this is how we think about things and why we think about it. And, and I've often learned to think, especially this year, that sometimes I've got to say things two, three, four, five times, not because the client didn't understand it the first time, but, you know, we're all busy. We all have lots of things on the go. And even the best of clients will forget something we talked about in the summer. And we just need to like bring the conversation back to whatever it is we talked about and say, you know, we talked about this, but, you know, here's why it's important. And just really just over communicate to the point that like everyone remembers what we talked about when we talked about it. Oh yeah, it's it's just all about communication, and and that's it. Uh, I do want to move on from this topic just because I got another one that uh, popped into my mind, kind of talking about this. So talking about things that are kind of controversial, I guess uh, it would be what are your thoughts on the whole uh, drop ship native businesses that are out there, and kind of the whole uh, get rich quick schemes that exist in the direct to consumer space? Yeah, I think drop ship is obviously different than direct consumer. Like our San Fran client is a D2C shoe brand, super popular. Um, some famous people wear it. Um, so definitely, you know, trying to cut out the middle person and, and go direct to consumer, I think is, is good. It's kind of like, you know, not exactly the same, but kind of like catalogs back in the eighties, you know, you'd send somebody a catalog, they order it, you order directly from that company, whether it's like the Sears catalog in Canada would have been the big one when I was a kid in the eighties. Um, and so I think that's a great way. I think drop shipping is a bit of a challenge because yeah, there's definitely tons of, you know, YouTubers and courses and programs trying to convince people to, to buy their course or program and to be a millionaire. But most drop shippers are never going to make this a full-time job or turn it into a business just because there's just so much competition and everybody's selling the same product. It's very commoditized. Um, we do have a couple clients that do do dropship, but going to the website, you never know it was dropship. And it's not 100% dropship. It's usually maybe half their inventory is dropship. The other half is stuff they hold inventory for. So it's a, it's a mixed bag just depending on like the different brands they work with. So I don't think dropship in itself is a bad thing. Um, I think it's about how you approach it, you know, how you put together your website, present it. You know, being Canadian, Shopify is obviously a very proud success for us as a Canadian uh, and as a country. But you know, lots of people on Shopify are dropship and that's probably not great for their business model because if everyone stops signing up for paid accounts and paying the money, you know, how much business would would that take off the table for them. You know, it's dropship 50% of account signups, 75%, 25%. No one really knows um, because they'll separate, you know, dropshippers from non-dropshippers. But that's something I often think about. You know, if all the dropshippers stopped doing dropship on Shopify that weren't successful, you know, how much would that affect Shopify? Because they've got offices across Canada, they have offices around the world, they employ thousands of people. Um, so I don't think dropship is bad. I think we just need to um Stop peddling the get rich quick scheme because most people will not get rich or quit their full time job. Um, and really get back to the idea of like, if you're going to do dropship or any business, you know, you know, build a nice website, think about what your brand looks like, think about, okay, if I'm going to invest money into these areas, which areas I'm going to invest money in so you can actually, you know, build a business. Let's be honest today. 
all of your customers are going to have questions. And what are you doing to manage all those questions? Do you have a help desk for your business? One of our sponsors of today's episode is Gorgeous. And Gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e-commerce. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. We have installed it on a bunch of stores. It's also used by brands like Movement and Rothy's. And what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information, brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S-T to get your second month free. Absolutely. You said everything I would have said there. Um, I was reading a, like a Twitter thread. I'm a huge... I, I follow so many smart people on Twitter and I, I'm, I'm so down that rabbit hole nowadays. And I really wish I could remember this guy's name. I'm going to try to find it for the show notes. But he was talking about how long it took him to find a successful niche within, within dropshipping. And also the amount of time it took him to learn Facebook and Instagram advertising the right way. And... So I believe it took him about six months of playing around with Facebook and Instagram ads before he kind of you know figured out how it works and and how to build a funnel the proper way. And then he said he's like I tried maybe ten or fifteen different products before I found one that hit. And he's like honestly he's like if he's like I put in hundreds of hours before I got a, got one dollar back on this this endeavor. And he was like I'm not complaining about the process. He's like you can still find success there. He's like. But the learning curve is absolutely there. He's like, and I, I believe it should be there because I had to put in the work to actually make this work. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how much work it is. You know, there's lots of people who think even like what we do in marketing is like, oh, I can do that. Just you know, put up some ads with those Facebook ads or Google or whatever, and it will just work. And I'm like, we make it look easy because you know, from myself personally, I've spent, you know, this is year 13 for me doing this. So I've, you know, like I said, worked around the world at the opening and worked on a lot of big brands. And so I make it look easy because I've done this for a long time. It's no different than if you hired a lawyer or a doctor, you know, they've spent years honing their craft and it's definitely a lot harder than it looks. And there are days where like, I told one client in the summer, I'm stressed about your business, not because I don't think you'll survive, but like, this is probably one of the hardest... Facebook ad accounts I've worked on in a long time because nothing I was doing would work. And this is the client we had a great weekend for on the weekend. Um, but it just took months of just staying in the race if this was a marathon until we found success. Absolutely. And it, it's funny because we've got clients that are all over the place. And you'll try the same thing with a client in the almost the exact same space and you won't see the same results. And it's just... That's how broadly different the audiences are for every business. It's so unique. Yeah, totally. I mean, we we had a potential client reach out and be like, "Oh, we've got a friend who does a similar business to us, and we share information." Like, if they were to come on board and you were run both counts, is there some sort of discount? I'm like, "Well, no, because you know they're a separate business, they're a separate LLC. Unless you're going to pay their fee, you know, I've got to treat them like a separate company with invoices and, and proposals and stuff. Because you know, they might have a slightly different product scope or just the scope of products they sell, and so we want to make sure that we have the right strategy for them versus you know what we might do for you." Absolutely, it, it's it's all over the place when it when it comes comes to the paid advertising. So um, you know, nowadays there's like well, there's more than just Facebook and Google. You know, there's Pinterest, there's Snapchat. Like, what have you guys been playing with, and and what do you think are the up and coming channels that people might need to start thinking about to diversify where they're spending their money? 
No, totally. I was, I was at a conference in New York speaking last week, actually. Um, and so I was talking with the people from Google and I'm like, yeah, you know, I spend most of my day with Google and, and Facebook. That's still where I spend probably 70, 80, 90% of my day, depending on what day it is. You know, but we still make sure we give time to Microsoft because Microsoft makes sense for a lot of our clients from a return on ad spend perspective. You know, we have a couple clients on Pinterest, so we spend time there as well. Um, and in total, actually, I think we have three once we start a new client next week. Um, we have a couple clients who've tried out Amazon in the past um, and have not found success. But I think it's more how they approach Amazon that Amazon won't work for them. So I think one client will probably retry Amazon with them in, in January because they tried it with their last agency. And, and I don't think this client should put all the products on Amazon. I think there's a very select skew camp they should put on Amazon that would work really well for this fashion client. Um, you know, 80% of our business is e-commerce. So the other 20% is, you know, technology comp companies or software as a service. So kind of like Netflix, Dropbox, Gmail, those are all software as a service because you pay for the software every month and you get access to the service. Um, and so for those clients, sometimes Quora, sometimes Reddit, sometimes LinkedIn makes sense for trying to go after business people. Um, but I definitely still spend a lot of my time on Google, Microsoft, and Facebook. In terms of things that are coming up down the line, You know, I think that's, that's always an interesting question because there's so many things that we kind of still need to focus on the present. You know, a lot of people have really bad mobile experiences on their websites. As much as I love testing out new ad platforms, getting your mobile website um, in a better fashion is really important. Um, but one thing I think next year will be really big is there's TikTok. So TikTok is like a video ad platform. So you make little short videos. It's very popular with the under 25, but about 31% of their demo or 25 and above. And so if you're going after late stage, you know, millennials or late stage Gen Z or anyone who's basically 25 to 35 or 25 to 40, you know, TikTok might be potentially an interesting platform if you're going to have like a product launch next year or you're launching a product that gears towards a very young demographic. We've not done anything on Snapchat or Snap as it's called now. Um, but that's something we might test next year with a client because they've got shopping ads now on Snapchat. So it's very appealing for our e-commerce clients. So I'd say a lot of people are probably going to spend time on TikTok next year, Snapchat. More people are going to do Pinterest. Uh, and then from there, it's just a question of you know what makes sense for your business based on like, are your customers on these platforms that it makes sense to test them out? Absolutely. That's a, the greatest way to think about it. Because um, I know we've br- we both brought up Pinterest two or three times on this. But if you're selling... Product and your customers majority uh, like a majority men, you're not going to have a good time on Pinterest at all. Yeah, it's it's a very particular kind of people who are on Pinterest. Awesome, cool. So before we go here, uh, it, it says here that you have some cool CRO tips and tricks for e-commerce businesses that you'd like to share with our audience. Yeah, you know, I think it's always important to be you know A/B testing your store and testing things out. Um, it's always the little things that we find get overlooked because you're you're just so busy trying to run your business. And so one thing we always tell every client is, you know, every six months, you know, ask some friends just to sit down and go through your store like a customer and find out where there are areas for improvement. So for example, one client we have, they had a pop-up on their mobile experience and you couldn't exit out of the pop-up based on how the pop-up was oriented. Um, and so just getting rid of that you know, really helped improve their conversion rate because people would get annoyed and leave. But these people now would not get annoyed because they don't have that mobile experience. And then the other thing we always say is you know, test out your product page, both where the information is and how you structure that information. 
because you know how you structure that information really determines whether someone's going to convert or not. You know, you want a product page that people can easily see the images. People can quickly see that there are reviews for that product or for your website as a whole. Reviews are a great way to help build trust quickly, and people look for reviews to decide if they're going to buy a product or not. And the other thing is, if you're you know on Shopify Plus or Magento. And you have access to your checkout experience. You know, making sure you use something like Hotjar, which is a zero tool that lets you both heat map and video record your checkout to understand. You know, where are people getting stuck in my checkout and why they're getting stuck in my checkout? Because if you understand why they're getting stuck, you can potentially change that issue and get more people to convert, not just from paid, but from people who come from organic search or people who come from an article you had in a magazine or the New York Times or something. Um, so always trying. We're always telling clients to look at your checkout, you know, look at your product pages, see where there's issues and friction and figure out how to change those issues and make them better. I love it. Thank you so much. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we go? Yeah, I think you know, a big thing you know, going into next year really is you know, never assume that you've got a great experience. Always be looking at what your experience is and looking to improve it. You, know, you can always do a better job. You can always do a better job of improving the traffic that comes to your website. You know, you never want to rest on your laurels or what success you had in the past because, you know, any ad platform especially can make a change tomorrow and, and wipe out a campaign that's been really successful for you. So you always want to continue to test your campaigns, your targeting, your creative, and always make sure you've got three or four winners that are working for you so that if something happens, you can, you know, have other campaigns pick up the slack for you. Absolutely. Dwayne, thank you so much for coming on the show today. No, thanks, Chase. I loved it. It's great talking with you. Absolutely. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.